Hello and welcome to another edition of Bring Out the Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Thompson, trying something new this week. You know, normally we look ahead during this podcast. Today we're going to be looking back at Saturday's game against Kansas. Derek Smith is here with me to help. And Derek, I, I think I'm still riding the high from that big 56-14 winner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that game was <laughs> something else. It was a little bit shaky at the beginning, but I hardly remember that because of everything that happened from the second quarter on. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that was kind of the great thing. Like, you know, people were dying at halftime. Like, K-State's maybe playing its C game, and we're up in 34-7 at halftime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Will Howard came out in the second half and became the quarterback almost that I think everybody's expecting. So mm-hmm. it, it was something that uh, I didn't expect to see. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty great. And I'm sorry, I think I misspoke. I said 56, 55, 14. Was the yeah, final. 55, 14. But, yeah, and, you know, and I, I mentioned this yesterday on Twitter. Like, sometimes people talk about maybe it'd be good if the rivalry was closer, but these blowouts are so much fun. I just – it never gets old <laughs> for me. So I was wondering, like, is there anything that K-State could do to KU within the rules of the game that it would make you say, no, that's too much, or that they should back off? Nope. Nope, yeah. not a thing. And it's funny. It's funny actually because I wrote about you know climate's timeout and the, uh-huh. yeah. the punt return last night. And I was because I'm a glutton for punishment. I checked the Facebook comments this morning, <laughs> and a lot of people just read the headline and thought I was complaining about him, like oh, running yeah. up the score or something. And I was like, no, read read the article. Like I'm one. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. exactly what we want because I was kind of actually. I don't know why, but I kind of had this thing in the back of my head that at least for a couple of years, he wouldn't quite get it and he would just beat them and move on, you know? And I don't know if you want to jump into this right now, but that was the point in the game where I, or with climbing where I was like, okay, he, he gets the yeah. priority. He yeah. wants to beat them bad. And I mean, he has good reason. I mean, I don't know if Chris Kleiman really gives a crap about what Les Miles says, but <laughs> I mean, Les Miles hasn't exactly been the most respectful person when it comes to climbing right. K-State since he took over. So, yeah, because he certainly um, gets it. Yeah, along those lines, talking about, you know, the timeout before halftime, like a couple of questions came to my mind. It's like, would Kleiman do that against any other team? And then would Bill Snyder have done that in a game against KU? Remember this situation, it was 27-7, eight seconds left. Yeah, and, my, yeah. my answer to both of those is emphatically no. I I think, first of all, I've been yelling at the TV all season, uh, especially in the Tech game, at Kleiman to be more aggressive right before Mm -hmm. the half. Because I remember in the Tech game. Well, even the the Arkansas State game, too, was one where people talked about that a lot. Yeah, and uh, the Tech game is the one that sticks out to me because I think we were only up by like a touchdown or something. Mm -hmm. And we had the ball and we weren't getting it back. And in the second half kickoff, and there was just no urgency at all with the offense. And it drove me insane. So I don't think <laughs> – like, I was utterly shocked when he called yeah. that timeout because I think everybody had a feeling when he called that timeout. It was like, you know, KU's going to do something dumb here. They're going to actually punt to Brooks. And he might take it back, and boy, did he. <laughs> yeah. And I was actually on a delay watching it on Fox Sports uh, 1 on the internet. and. My friend was at the game and mm-hmm. 
he just texted me and he was like, yeah, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> like on my TV, it was still a commercial. And he was like, yep, yep, it happened. And I was like, yeah. holy crap. Yeah. And the way he did it too, it was like when he broke that tackle, you were like, oh, this is happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he said after the game that Clement told him, he was like, seven seconds left, you got to take this in. And I just love that. I love that so much. Yeah. And it was interesting because I don't know about you, but I mean, it kind of looked to me like, you know, the, the first time when it was, it was stopped because of the penalty, the first time it looked like they had the block on that time. And then mm-hmm. they put the return on and that, the second time. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think I kind of liked that because, I mean, it's been fun watching K-State block kicks all year, but like a couple times yeah. we've gotten <laughs> bad penalties. And I, yeah. you know. I would rather just, especially with a guy like Brooks back there, I would rather just go for the return and let it go for the rest of the year. Yeah. Do you have to say, you know, obviously the one, the big negative here was AJ Parker got hurt on the the first one. And, you know, obviously you you can't blame Clement at all for that. That's tough. But I think if you could go back and say, hey, can we have a punt return or AJ Parker healthy, you're going to choose AJ Parker healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the long term. long-term view because i mean coming up in the next couple of games that's going to be pretty important having aj parker and especially oklahoma state i mean who knows with west virginia who knows what they'll come out with i'm by no means overlooking that game Mm -hmm. because they could definitely turn it around and and do something gross to us but uh i think hopefully aj is okay we'll see yeah because especially with osu coming up that's going to be pretty important yeah yeah. And then, you know, it, it's amazing. Uh, I didn't think that it would be possible for Kansas to get worse under less miles. And it does seem like they've gotten in better individual talent, but somehow the results are actually worse. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they've <laughs> gone miles backwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I think we might just be seeing a little bit of, like, residual terribleness from Beatty and I'm still kind of hesitant to think that maybe you know that Les Miles is really having a terrible negative effect on the team and let's give him time to get their players going but I don't know this year's going so bad that I mean I don't think there's any doubt they played one of their they played one of their best games when he wasn't on the sideline true true yeah Yeah. (laughs) and I mean uh you know he's I think a lot of people expected him to turn the team around immediately. And there was a sense early in the year last year that the attitude was better and that the team was going to, you know, actually turn it around and win a few games that we didn't expect last year. And I think, you know, I don't know if people expected him to beat Tech last year and they did that. I think some people were surprised by that Boston College win. But, you know, it's just this year's just – and. You know, it's also 2020, so yeah. some of that you got to take into account too. But, but the team has just been. Yeah, it's interesting. Weird. A friend, a friend texted me. He's like, "Remember, in K State was like bad in the 1980s, and the Big 12 was like, uh, maybe you guys shouldn't be in our league anymore." Like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a different era. I don't think KU is going to get that, and plus they've got their their basketball program to lean on. Yeah, but I feel like they're like they are worse than. Say at that point, almost. It's, yeah, you know. I think at this point, when you take <laughs> the context of how football's changed and everything, yeah. there's no yeah. doubt that KU's program is worse off than K State was at that point. Because I was looking back at the history for my post I wrote last week, and just briefly 
took a look at KU's full history, and it's really, really amazing how bad they've been. Like, they had a couple good years there in the early 90s and, you know, through the 70s and, you know, back in the 60s a few times. But, like, they've been bad for a majority of the time they've existed. <laughs> so that's, you know, they had that that one big jump. And I think they – did they go to the Orange Bowl in the 60s? Yeah. And then, of course, Mangino. But outside of that, it's been bad. And I just can't – like, I don't know what they need to do to not be so bad at football. I hope they never <laughs> do it, whatever it is. But, yeah, it's – and this year, like we were saying, it is kind of shocking how bad they are. Yeah. I think they're worse this year than they were in their season where they didn't win with Beatty. I yeah. think that's – I mean, I don't think there's yeah. any doubt. I will say in their defense, Coastal Carolina is 5-0, and so look out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is the interesting thing that I was thinking about. <laughs> out of all of the Sun Belt teams that beat Big 12 teams in that yeah. first week, KU got beat by the best one. Mm-hmm. KU got beat soundly in that game. So that's, yeah, that's yeah that. it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, the, the score looks even closer than the game was. For yeah, sure. yeah. I will say, to, to give KU a little credit, I was impressed at times with Jalen Daniels. I mean, he's 17, yeah. and he made some plays like he's 17, but he's got a serious bit of athleticism about him. And mm-hmm. his offensive line sure didn't do him any favors. So yeah, that drive where he, he turned around. It on. Yeah, I forget which drive it was, but the one where he let him down to score that first mm-hmm. touchdown. He looked mm-hmm. really impressive for a 17 year old kid. That I mean, he deserves all the credit in the world. That was really great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, when they so, said he was to case State, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. But back to K State, I think a couple things that were exciting for me on the offense in the second half. You know, so I, I, anybody turned up at halftime. First of all, was I feel like it was good to see the coaches finally seem to start leaning on Deuce Vaughn more than Harry Trotter. I don't know why it took so long, but I, I sure hope that's a sign of things to come. For this yeah, because that's when they're at their best. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think you know, obviously, you don't want to. You know, there's been the d- debate about. Deuce's pitch count, so to speak, and and how many carries mm-hmm. he can sustain throughout a game, and and that sort of thing, and that's never going to not be a concern, you know. But I think, you know, especially situational use of Deuce has kind of confused me throughout the year because you would think, in mm-hmm. you know third down situations, you would want him in there, you know, especially third and long, him lined it up next to the quarterback, and they do that some. But sometimes, you know, Trotter's back there and you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. Why? Because in my mind, you would always want your most dynamic player on the field in third and long situations. Mm-hmm. It, and it, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, you said it before. All due respect to Harry Trotter. He's he plays as hard as anybody. He can do some good things. He's probably obviously a better blocker than Deuce, I think. But yeah, I mean, just look at the two plays where Deuce embarrassed Gavin Potter yesterday. Like mm-hmm. nobody else on the team can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, Deuce has been embarrassing guys all year, and I think yeah. you know Gavin Potter's got nothing to feel ashamed about. You know, Deuce Bond is just that good of a player, and it was funny listening to him on TV yesterday. And Ben Lieber and whoever the other guy was talking about Jalen Daniels and how athletic he is, and then the. <laughs> main announcer said something about comparing Jalen Daniels to Deuce Vaughn and Ben Lieber was like, wait. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, he's great. He's really athletic, but he's no Deuce Vaughn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, he's uh, Deuce on another level, and he's got a lot of potential. I mean, not even Darren Sproles was out here doing what he did as a you know as a freshman. So yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy not to, to say that of... I think Deuce Vaughn is going to be a better player than Darren Sproles. I mean, that's yet to be seen. Right, but, right. You know, so but far, it, it's crazy to think we could possibly see you know for even I guess five years of, of Deuce Vaughn and Will Howard in the same backfield. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> college football is weird, and yeah, you know, yeah, the transfer portal is yeah. a thing. Attitudes change; mm-hmm. kids are fickle. But if Clyman's able to hold this team together for four years, that's going to be great. Well, even at this yeah. point, five. You know, you yeah, could potentially exactly. see these guys back there for five years, and that's really something to think about. Yeah. The other thing, you know, and you kind of alluded to it earlier in the podcast, but just. Will Howard's progress throughout the game. Yeah, he started off as a little shaky, throwing some balls that didn't look great. And he even he also, I mean, he threw a couple that were defended well or or just dropped by receivers. But you know, he he missed some guys too. And then he really, I don't know, it, it seemed more confident and was just looking more like the guy we expected him to be in the second half. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was more time. Maybe it was the big lead. Yeah, I think. Something happened, you know, over halftime. And I don't think Will has played bad at all um, mm-hmm. since he's taken over. Under the circumstances, I think, you know, coming in against one of the, you know, best defenses in the conference for sure in TCU and playing his very first game as a true freshman, yeah, that would be hard on anybody. And I think he did, you know, admirably under the circumstances. And then to come into this game with a wide receiver core that's struggling like, ours is and you know he just put balls right where they needed to be in a lot of situations and then I think there was a couple throws that just you know the communication was off the routes were off or whatever and then of course he did you know flat out miss a couple guys and and I think there was at least one where he just threw it away but he looked he looked like a real quarterback and that's not to disparage anybody that we've had you know in the last few years and it's certainly not Skylar Thompson but there's just this feeling I've always had about K-State where we get these guys, you know, that just don't feel like pure quarterbacks. They're always, you know, some kind of athletic mm-hmm. blend, I guess. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and not to say that I want a guy who's going to stand back in the pocket and just throw it and not be in any way athletic. But it's nice to have a guy who you know well, at least you have some idea that he might be able to hit all of the throws. And yeah, uh, yeah. and I think Will has the ability to be that probably the best we've seen since maybe Josh Freeman. I what about Jake, I mean, Jake Waters, I think? Has to yeah, be. Jake Waters could hit all those throws, I guess. Yeah. Will's got yeah. more of the quarterback look to him, I think. Yeah, I guess I was thinking about Josh Freeman just because he had the frame, and I think Will's yeah. got that frame too. I don't know how yeah. much that really matters, but but yeah. it can't hurt. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, living here in Washington, I can, I can tell you, you, you can do okay without it. Just like Russell Wilson. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always, I've always wondered about, you know, size and how much it really matters when, when yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, look at Deuce Vaughn. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, and so, I mean, we've been talking all about the offense, and it was a lot of fun, but uh, the, the defense was pretty good, too. I, li- I like how opportunistic the secondary is. You know, you see, we even saw the one time where um, I think it was Parker just missed an interception, but I, I still kind of appreciate that they're going for it. And, of course, you got Gardner, the pick six. That was a, a really funny play. And, yeah, I, I think that's a – a smart way to play in the big 12 when you're facing these dynamic offenses and it's going to be really tough to just contain them all the time. I think it is better to take some risks. Yeah. And I think, you know, that I got kind of upset with that play you're talking about with Parker where he, you know, mm-hmm. missed the interception and flat out missed the tackle. And I think the guy ended up gaining another 15 yards, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, in a situation like that where we're in the lead and, you know, it's not like he's going to be giving up the game, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. And it seems like they're making the right calls on when to do that, whereas in the past we've had defenses where it seems like the guys are always going for the pick and it ends up costing us. But they do seem very disciplined. And just talking about the defense, there's just a couple plays where I can think of you know, where they've just the, – the tackling has been just incredible. Like, that was a huge mm-hmm. concern after Arkansas State, and I think they've turned it around and been just incredible at it for the last couple of games. And I think it took them maybe a quarter to figure out how to do containment of a player like Jalen Daniels, but mm-hmm. then they, they really did get it figured out, and all of a sudden yeah. he was trying to scramble and had nowhere to go, so – yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it was I told uh, my buddy who was at the game yesterday, we were texting back and forth and I told him that, uh, you know, either Jalen Daniels is going to get hurt, which I hope doesn't happen, or Klanderman's going to spy him and, you know, the guys are going to figure it out. And I don't know if they actually did spy him, but something changed in that second quarter where he just wasn't getting away quite the same as he did in that first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been really impressed with Joe Klanderman's ability to uh, make adjustments and, you know, change the defense, respond to offensive, you know, play calling and game plans. It's been really, 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 really fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, it's not say it was uh, Nick Leckie tweeted Hughes doing a great job being the spy versus Daniels. So, Okay. Yeah. So they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said this before. I'm not. I'm not a great <laughs> football analysis yeah, person. No. I know. I know. You know what teams need to do, but it's hard for me to spot if they're actually doing it. Sometimes, especially on defense, <laughs> I, I'm always right. watching right. offense. I hardly ever watch what the defense is doing, except in replays. We need. So, we need TP for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Tony to to come back around and, and make yeah. our commenters happy with his kicking the tires but yeah we (laughs) (laughs) but you know k-state is as far as where i expected them to be this year they've been really impressive and but it's it's not like the kind of impressive where you're like super satisfied with the whole package by the time the game's over like there's always that Mm -hmm. you know this could have gone better this could have gone better but we're still winning games and that's impressive like yeah. The fact I was telling, you know, a friend of mine last night after the game, the fact that we blew the first quarter just I mean, it was ugly. That first oh, yeah. quarter was ugly. And if KU could have put together anything offensively, 
a game might have looked totally different. But to do that with, I think, seven penalties in the first quarter and then come back and, you know, have a 34-7 to halftime lead, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, yeah, that's actually one thing that, that I was going to talk about, that maybe becoming a little bit of a trend that the offense is kind of slow starting. And in some of these games, you know, the defense has been good enough that it really hasn't mattered. But, you know, I felt behind early against – Oklahoma, obviously, you know, struggled a, a little bit to score against TCU, kind of the whole game, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but the slow starts or anything to worry about? Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, especially going into, you know, the, I don't know about next week so much. You know, of course, West Virginia is always something to be concerned about. And I think that they're a team that at any point could, you know, come up and beat somebody. But, you know, certainly going into the OSU game, not to overlook West Virginia, but if we get a slow start against Oklahoma State, you know, we probably won't be able to recover from that. I mean, I hesitate to say that just because of what happened with Oklahoma. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's Oklahoma State is a solid team. I think they showed that last night. I think they, you know, they're probably somebody I was reading the comments of Wide Right 90 Light this morning, and they said that they are – you know, where Oklahoma State is normally kind of wild and usually depends on, you know, wild things to happen throughout the game. This is the first time in a while that they've seemed to be really disciplined and just, you know, not completely, obviously. It's Oklahoma State. It's Mike Gundy team. They're never going to be totally disciplined, but they seem to be kind of on a mission this year. And so I don't think Mm -hmm. K-State can afford to, you know, take anything for granted or or start slow in that game. I think Courtney Missingham's going to have to come out with a really solid plan against that defense to get something going early. Yeah, yeah. and just to, to back that up, K-State has not scored more than seven points in the first quarter all season. Yeah, that's going to need to change. Yeah, Either that or the defense is going to have to step up to a whole new level. Yeah, I mean, they have had to – I mean, shutting down Texas Tech for the first half was a hell of an accomplishment, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's not to be overlooked for sure. We'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll see for sure. But yeah, yesterday was. Yeah, for now we can just kind of bask in the glory of twelve straight wins in the streak yeah. in the series longest streak. Yeah, where do you? Series, so. I'd be interested to know where do you think this game ranks as far as like the KU K State games that you've seen as far as funness. Oh man, I mean, I think the my my most fun is always going to be. I went to that game. In Lawrence, where I think it was like seventy to zero or something. Yeah, um, I think it was late nineties. Yeah, yeah, those late nineties games are stick this out in my mind. I was at the, I think the best we've had in a little while. Yeah, yeah, I was at the fifty-nine to seven game in in Lawrence in twenty ten, and that was you know unexpected okay. because we you know we just squeaked yeah. by that them in oh nine and had. <clears throat> lost to them for three years prior to that. Yeah. So, okay. Actually, it was it was two thousand two. You know. hmm? so, yeah, it was two thousand two. I was in high school and it was sixty four zero. But I'm pretty sure it was like forty nine or something at halftime. I remember just you know not that yeah. there ever were a lot of KU fans, but they'd all left by halftime. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the, yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I've been to two games at Lawrence, and those are always fun because you know by halftime you can well, pick your seat and. Yeah, unfortunately, I also went to the 2004 game in Lawrence. Oh, no. Yeah. That yeah. one. <laughs> I a KU friend. It was, it was unfortunate. Yeah, that is, that's not any fun. I was 
at work at my job at a jail at the, for that game <laughs> when I was like sitting in the booking room throwing things against the wall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was not fun. But yeah, this is probably, you know, as far as like 2000s era, probably my second or third favorite because of the way we did it. Like it yeah. was, you know, too. Not that I ever want to see the offense struggle, but when your offense isn't doing anything and you're still winning by, you know, 20 points, that's pretty, <laughs> that's yeah. just a testament. Well, and to then, life. yeah, another part of it that, that I enjoyed was that, and I don't remember this happening a whole lot, especially during the Snyder years, that some players were, were chirping a little bit, you know, coming leading up to the week, like, oh, yeah, okay, you didn't recruit me. Like this yeah. is the and then the you know this is KU Super Bowl, and then I think it was uh, Jerome McPherson who said, "Well, they've got a lot of individual talent. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know they've got." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I great. do. This would have never. That would have never happened. Against, yeah, or you know, yeah. under Snyder, he would have never allowed that. <laughs> and the thing that I love about Kleiman too, you know, I love a lot of things about Chris Kleiman, but he is very much like we're going to do what we need to do to back up the things that we say. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he isn't afraid to, you know, to talk and to job because he's been there and like, he's a really reserved guy. He's a really, you know, Snyder esque in a lot of ways, but I mean, you know, in his introductory press conference at K state, he talked about setting up camp at Frisco when he was at North, <laughs> North Dakota state. And like mm-hmm. that, that's the kind of attitude I want in a coach. Like you guys like, yeah, we're just going to set up camp at the national championship. And uh, <laughs> he made that comment in response to Les miles. They asked him, you know, Les miles wore his national championship ring to media days and they asked him why he doesn't wear his. And he's like, well, I wouldn't be able to lift my hand. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you know, I just I love the guy, and I think he kind of, you know, he probably enjoys that trash talk a little bit because he knows that his team's going to do what they need to do to win. And I think that's exactly that's something that, for all the things I love about Bill Snyder, that was something he really missed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, this was fun. I think I think it worked well. Man, has it been? Yeah. Been Hopefully, thirty minutes already. We can, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, so that, that flew by. Ho- hopefully, people and we can keep doing it. And again, we will have uh, you know another podcast later in the week to look ahead to the West Virginia game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah Who are you getting thanks. on for that one? Do you know yet? I, I reached out to the Smoky Musket. Hopefully, somebody from there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Great. Should be good. Yep. And I will have a couple posts coming out. For that game this week, one that I'm pretty excited about, about our history in Morgantown, which actually goes right. way further back than most people probably realize. That was one of the most fun games I've ever been, road games I've ever been to. Was the game yeah. in Morgantown in 2012, 12. I think? Yeah. yeah. We just smoked them. Good times. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> yeah, but we actually, the first time K-State ever traveled to Morgantown was in 1930. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so. Well, I look forward to reading that, Derek. All right. Well, I really enjoyed this, Luke, and let's maybe do it next week. Oh, yeah.